Hello and welcome to another episode of Defining the Dash podcast where we are making it count. Uh, our listeners will recall last week's episode. We were honored to have Brother Travis Matney with us. And he walked us, Brother Chad, down memory lane yes, and uh, had a great conversation and a lot of things he'd brought up and uh, just a wonder, wonderful conversation. While he was speaking to us, he gave us a lot of great insights. He told us what about his uh, salvation experience and uh, the victory he had through that. And uh, But he really focused a lot on the baptism of the Holy Ghost Absolutely. and the difference yes. that made in his life, uh, the power that, that God had given him when he was baptized. He told us a little bit about when he got called to preach and how that process went down. Uh, we talked a little bit about how the school was, um, peer pressure that he may have faced, and uh, we talked a little bit about his approach, maybe some things that uh, you know that was wise and other things that were zealous. <laughs> Maybe not as wise, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, the suit, suits are always cool, you yeah. know, and so, uh, you know, for you listeners that missed last week, feel free to go back and listen to that. You'll enjoy it, enjoy the conversation. Uh, but we're gathered here again today, Brother Chad, with Brother Travis, and um, he's going to, uh, he's uh, he's honored us with a few more minutes of his time. Brother Travis, got to thinking about a few more questions I'd like to ask you uh, about some things. And, um, you know, the process of time is that some things change, some things stay the same. You know, someone said the more things change, the more things stay the same. Um, it seemed like I remember from last week's conversation, you brought up the word football, the sports, uh, uh, football uh, sports. Now, were you a were you a sports fanatic when you were growing up? Were you were you into sports or anything like that before you got saved? I really I really enjoyed uh, the sport of, of football even before I got saved, even at a young age. But and, and that's a great question you bring up. However, I had to make the decision, uh, you know, with the mark that. Uh, And here's maybe some of the difference, not that I'm the most athletic person in the world, but I had some athleticism. And, uh, you know, for me, having a coach pull on me, really, that was an honor. I I mean, to my flesh, it honored me. Sure. But I had to make a decision, you know, is this really going to be the most fitting way to serve the Lord? Uh, You you know, what kind of time is it going to take for my lifestyle and so I did not take that path, you know. And as far as like uh, following of sports, real heavy, it, I really tried to keep an. I really tried to keep an eye on that through the, those years there because I, I knew I did enjoy it, but I did not want it to. I did not want it to take advantage of my walk with the Lord. And right. So sure. uh, I had to be really, you know, really cognizant of that. Uh, you know, walking with God and not letting that impede my walk with the Lord. Right. How, Brother Travis, how do you think things may have changed today uh, in regards to what teenagers face from how um, different types of um, uh, problems they may have faced or struggles they may have had or temptations that they may have dealt with, you know, years ago when you were in school? How do you feel like things may have changed? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I really think, uh, Brother Mark, that, that's a great question. In my mind, 
actually went to that during the first episode. I wanted to make a distinction that I do think things have changed. Now it's the same devil. Right. Uh, it is the same weapons, but they're just uh, outfitted maybe in a different array, so to speak. So there are, uh, there are changes in things that the kids are dealing with now that, uh, that I didn't have to deal with, you, you know, especially all of this with transgenderism that's going on. Uh, we, you know, even the centers that I went to school with in public school, obviously, especially they recognized even the, uh, really the abomination of that, you, you know, but now it's, uh, with the left putting the push on that they are to accept that kind of lifestyle. There's a lot there that kids are dealing with. In fact, I had one kid from, um, uh, it's probably been, been about four or five years ago. I was preaching at the church we'd started in Johnson City, but he went to Elizabethan a high school, and he was telling me how much of He said, there's really a push on for that stuff. You know, even over there in East Tennessee, I mean, more of a conservative area, but it doesn't really matter. The devil's out to steal our young people. Yes, so they're dealing with a lot more things that have got, I think they're dealing with a lot more items that have, that have an influence on our national landscape, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. How do you feel things may have stayed the same? Have you, do you see things that have, you know, our teenagers still may be dealing with today that uh, you may have dealt with when you were in school? Yeah, and I think I think yes, sir. That's a great uh, great point there as well, brother Mark. I think that uh, in my estimation, I believe kind of like what I just said, pulling off of that a little bit. The devil's weapons really aren't new. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our, okay, our weapons, Satan's weapons, are the same, but they're just dressed in different ways. But it still comes up under the lust of the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You follow what I what I'm saying there? Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. it's still that category that he's pulling from, and so the things that are still the same would be probably, as far as temptations, are probably obviously up under those categories: the lust of the flesh, mm -hmm. the pride of life, lust of the eyes, and and for young people, it comes dressed up in different different ways and and in one you know one thing if i could throw this in just very quickly that i wish i would have said during the first episode uh you you, you know with me brother uh brother mark and brother chad uh i would encourage young people who are in public school and not even just in public school but in christian school because in christian schools everybody's not born again uh, by no means. I mean, look, I went to Bible school and we had some rank heathens up there involved in things that, you know, I won't even get into on this podcast. Now, obviously it wasn't the majority one or two that, you know, were full of things that you'd never think of. Um, uh, so it don't matter what the environment is, the devil's still going to try to infiltrate, but I would encourage kids that are trying to serve the Lord public school or Christian education to hang out with kids that are sold out to the Lord. This is part of the answer or the solution of how they can stay in good fellowship with God. Hang around kids that are sold out to the Lord in their local church. 
I mean, youth events. If they're in public school, don't isolate yourself from the ones that are in church and maybe in a Christian school if you're not in a Christian school. Still keep fellowship sure. with kids is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes I think there's a disconnect. Right. Oh, well, you know, these kids are in Christian school. These aren't. And they're looked at as black sheep. No, no, no. You know, include them, man. Help, you know, help them. And uh, I know when I was in public school, uh, Jeff Ward, who, who, who since has went on to glory, me and him kept fellowship together. Right. I, hadn't, I hadn't even come to King Mountain yet. Um, Michael Deal, uh, others, there are several others that I kept that I kept uh, connections with. And then when I come to sure. the Christian school, um, obviously that connection even grew uh, stronger. And then this is something real vital, if I can say this very quickly. I hung around old people quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in Christian school and in public school. In public school, coming home on the school bus, on my walk home, I would stop and talk to the neighbors. I mean, it got to where my mom was having to call the neighbors to find out where I was at. I would stop and talk to them. It took me 35 minutes to get home, an hour. Brother Zane Childress, Brother Chad, that lived oh, right yes. at the curb. Okay, yes, I would sir. go to his wood shop. I mean, I'm talking, yes. my mom would be calling Sister Geraldine, you know, is he out there? I mean, you know, two hours went by. I got off the school bus at 345, and now it's 530 or whatever. But, you know, I hung around Brother Zane and was getting an education in and of itself. But, I, you yes, know, he was pouring into me the whole time. But I, I hung around older folks a lot and let them pour into me. And I want to say that to our younger generation. Hang around the older folks. Make time for them. Learn Get to church them. early and sit beside them. Talk to them. If you're able to go visit them, go visit them. Because, man, they want to. They've got something to say into this younger generation. And I, I'll tell you, I miss Brother Zane. There's not many days that don't go yes. by. I don't think about him. And his influence, not only on the Matney family, him and Sister Geraldine are the ones who got my mom and dad saved. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, they were our godparents. So they poured into yeah. us. And uh, so hang around the older people. That's And I believe the devil hates that because them older people will pour something into them that's lasting. And so that's part of the solution, you know, hanging around the godly sure. saints that we have in our midst. Brother Zane, he loved pouring time into people. He, oh, uh, we had a, we had many a, a talks in the, like you said, the wood shop or up on the hill under the grapevines. Yeah, we yeah. We sat there, and he would he he would say, "Come up here and sit with me." That's and right. Sit up there right. on the hill under that grapevine, and he'd just say, "Look out over the," you know. <laughs> and uh, man, it was just just taking time, and 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 he'd always want to talk about the glory of God and and everything. Oh, he would. He he was remarkable. Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw this in as well, where I was a young minister, uh, which you brothers are familiar with, uh, Brother Larry Stevens out of Gilbert, West Virginia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brother Stevens started having me come and preach one Saturday night a month for like a year and a half or two. So even that, he was investing into me the whole time. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I and I still remember Brother Mark when your mom showed up at church and you youngins. I, I still remember that. I, I was in my teens. I remember the first time I saw you guys. And uh so it's uh I've a lot of lot of lot of memories there, but the older folks, right. you, young people take time with the older folks, stay around the young people that are on fire for God. 
And those that aren't, aren't on fire for God, don't treat them like a plague, but love them, you know, uh, and try to inspire them to do what's, what's right. But as far as the challenges, they all come up under the same three headings, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But I do think our young people are dealing with things now that are helping to shape the national landscape of our country and of the world. So we really need to, we really need to help our, our young people. I mean, and I want to be able to do that. You guys are doing an excellent job by the material you're putting out to invest in this generation. Well, Travis, a few minutes ago, you, you mentioned something. Um, and I looked up the verse, second Corinthians chapter number 10, verse four, you talked about the weapons that we have, uh, you yeah. referenced the, the verse and the, the Bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm thinking about those weapons. Now I'm, I've, I know about strongholds, you know, all of us do. The listeners know about strongholds. Sure. We know about things sure. that we deal with. Um, but we're looking at this verse, it talks about weapons that are not carnal. What yeah. kind of weapons do we have? Yeah, yeah, great. I, I think I think a great answer to, to that, and one that I, I studied extensively years ago and even put teachings together around it, but I think the Apostle Paul gives us such an outline from whence uh, the name of the podcast that Brother Derek Rich and I do come from those section of verses out of Ephesians 6. You know, Paul uh, you know, tells us to have on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying. And then a lot of folks forget about this one. I believe it's a weapon, even though he doesn't give it a symbol like he does the others, like shield and sword, breastplate, helmet. But then he says, praying with all prayer uh, uh, and supplication in the spirit. Uh, so that's a weapon, praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. Probably being baptized is so vitally important. But one thing, with the Mark, I think we need to point out about those verses, our weaponry, is that uh, when, he, when he said this, uh, having your loins, he starts out verse 14 by saying, having your loins girt about with truth. And this is real vital. All that other weaponry from my study, the breastplate, uh, the, the, the sheath, the sword would be on, and even the shield they would wear, it all was attached to what they called the, 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 the belt of uh, the, the belt or the girdle, uh, which Paul calls it the, the be girt about, have your, having your loins girt about with truth. And what would happen is, that would that would take the garments that soldier had on. It would cinch them up. It would hold the breastplate steady because it was attached to the front and to the back. Uh, the the shield could hang on the on the uh, belt of truth. Obviously, the sword did. So I think there's something to be said about that. A lot of folks have got experiences with God, but it's all loose and clangy. And a lot of times, you'll see that in young people's lives. There's something about the truth ties all that together, cinches it up. Uh, you know, the Bible said about Elijah, uh, the Bible said he girt up his loins and outrun the, the, the chariots of Ahab. And, and, and maybe 
this is a good saying for young people to understand. There's some things they're going to have to tuck in. And truth is vital because you can have all the spirit you want to have. You can have all the, the righteousness you want to have, so to speak. You can have all of this, all of that. But if it's not anchored to truth, and that's why I've been in good Bible-believing churches where truth is taught, uh, then if you, you know, you're going to be running along, and because it's not girt or tucked in, you're going to trip and get hurt. And so I, sure. I, I think our weaponry is listed in Ephesians 6, but it's vital that it all be tied to the truth of God's word. Let me uh, jump in here real quick. I, uh, I had a just, I guess, more of a statement, but one of our questions here, uh, you've actually hit on several times and in our um, episodes that we did in, in tribute about Sister Marilyn uh, Richardson, uh, it covered it a lot too, but it's talking about the importance of prayer in your life. Uh, you've hit on that several times, and, and, and of course, we know with uh, her life, uh, you know, how important it was to her. And uh, one of the things I went back in, and in my Sunday school class, I tried to, to really push the boys in, in class to to develop that in, in their life and the importance of it because uh, we had a situation one day to where I believe it was in, in school here, uh, you know, we had a young man that he had grown up in church. Uh, he'd been taken to church all his life. I've seen the young man grow up. And when we got down that morning to pray before classes started, uh, you know, I looked around and, and, and he was just kind of looking around and I said, hey, you know, you need to be praying. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know how. And man, that got a hold of me. You know, that, yeah, you know okay. we're looking, you know, this young man had done come up to between fifth and eighth grade. I'm not, I'm not, can't remember then what, what grade he was in, but, um, but somewhere between fifth and eighth grade. And, you know, by the time he'd got to that point, he, you know, he still didn't know how to pray. Uh, and, um, you know, that yeah. man that pulled at my heart on, you know, am I teaching my kids to, you know, how to pray and, and get a hold of God. Am I teaching my Sunday very school kids, good. Very good. you know, how to pray, you know, because this, this guy's very come good. up through my class, yeah. you know, are, are we failing at that? How are we, you know, so in your experience, you know, what would you say to the young people about the importance of a prayer life and, uh, you know, and, and following that and the steps to take to, to develop that? Uh, I know I've heard of, um, you know, some people just setting the clock, some making a, a list of things to say, you know, what, how, uh, I mean, what would be your advice to somebody about, about the importance of their prayer life and, and how to get started on that? Very good. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. Very good insights there, Brother Chad. And I, I'll, uh, maybe again using uh, maybe a small preface here to say this. Uh, w after I got saved, especially after I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and uh, I certainly hope I'm not putting, not you brothers, but anyone listening to this, well, no, I kind of hope I am uh, now that I think about it. I was going to say putting, putting them under conviction, ones that are listening. But when I got saved, and then especially when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, there was an honor that I had uh, for who was my pastor then, Brother Webb. 
and I would hear other, and, and I'm going to get to prayer. I'm, I'm using this to, to come right into it. But I would hear like kids, even in the school, refer to him as, uh, I heard some just say Randy. And I remember, man, it's almost like they said a curse word. Uh, and then some were a little better. They'd say Brother Randy. But the Lord dealt with me. You know, that's the shepherd in your life. And uh, so, I, I mean, I, here I am 14 years old saying Brother Webb, Brother Webb, Brother Webb, Brother Webb. And so giving honor where honor is due. And, and, I, and, I, and a lot of that comes down to the parents teaching their kids, you know, that that's not just a, uh, that's not just Joe Smo or whatever, you know, that's your pastor. And I'm saying this, one of the items that I really appreciate Brother Webb, Pastor Webb for, is he, he took all of us preachers, young and old, and he had a, quite a few up under him. And he took one night for like three weeks. He'd do it three or four nights a week, maybe five on a couple of those weeks. He would take those preachers, no matter young or old, one at a time, and pray with them all night. And, I, and of course, I didn't know nothing about prayer like I do now. But I prayed the, the entire time. We was there from like 11 to 6 in the morning or whatever. And so... I never forgot that. You know what I'm saying? I, and since then, I've I've done numerous shut-ins myself with pastors, uh, preacher friends, shut ourselves in for three days and fast. And uh, so I've done that numerous times. In fact, got a couple scheduled this year to do. Uh, but let me be real with you. I'm not expecting maybe a 14-year-old girl to go shut herself in three days and pray. <laughs> sure. But she can, you know. But if she can start, and I think there's some discipline to it, Brother Mark and Brother Chad, if she can start with, hey, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes this morning. I'm going to make myself pray, whether I feel like it or not, whether I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost or not. And whatever it takes to do that, there is some discipline involved. But then it will begin to develop in their life to where it's not just now doing it 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever their prayer time is. It really will become a way of life praying. I mean, praying even throughout the day in a spirit of prayer. So prayer is vital, but I would encourage them to make themselves starting out. I am going to pray 15 minutes. I am going to pray 20 minutes. And then it will start getting longer to where it's not even a clock needed. Now it's their spirit communing with the Holy Spirit. And it's it's a real tangible thing. It's not just you know, but it has to start. It has to start somewhere, and that may that may include some discipline there, which the word disciple kind of ties in with the word discipline. You know, yes, it does. Uh, Brother Travis, you was talking about there being involved in um, some shut ins and some some fasting yeah. and, and and things like that. Well, uh, I was going to ask you this uh, earlier, but. I, kind of uh, skipped over it, I guess. Uh, there at your church in Florida, uh, tell us a little bit about your church there, uh, maybe the name of it, the location, and and what ministries you're involved in. I know you said a while ago that you 
used to have the the Christian school. It's currently not operating, but it may be operating again in the future. And I know you just had youth camp and things, but uh, tell us a little bit about your your church there and the ministries you've got going, and and yep. share a little bit of that with everybody if you would. Yeah, sure. And I and I may and I may even drop back a level before that, and 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 then come right up to that if if it'd be all right. You know, uh, we we started. Uh, we evangelized for a couple of years after leaving, after we graduated from, after I graduated from pre-gospel, Sister Matney and I got married in 1999, uh, evangelized for a couple of years. I actually worked uh, for one year uh, down next to Big Rock, Virginia at a roof, uh, a roof boat uh, company that made roof boats for the, for the mining industry, both coal and salt mines out in Utah, et cetera. But, uh, uh, and then Brother Bird, uh, I was up under his pastoral ship there for se- several years, three years or so. And uh, so I, we were working. I was working. We had Travis Jr. And not long after he was born, we evangelized for a couple of years. Then when I was in a revival meeting out in Texas, I got direction from the Lord to go to Johnson City and start a church. And there was nothing within now, there were some churches I found out about after I committed to go. But at that point, I didn't know of any churches in that area, nothing. Um, and I say that for a reason, not to offend anybody. But if you're going to start a church, you don't need to be 10 miles down the road from somebody. How about going to an area where there's nothing going on? Right. <laughs> and at that <laughs> at that point in time, uh, Johnson City, I don't know about now, Brother Chad, Brother Mark, but it was fourth per capita or seventh per capita for homosexual uh, homosexuals in the United States of America. Uh, it was really high. So we went there and started the church, which is still in existence today. Pastor Wayne Winchester, who was raised on Little Garden, by the way, and then moved over to East Tennessee. The church is doing great. They actually consider themselves a part of us, the fellowship we're a part of here in South Florida. But I pastor there five years, uh, Preached on ETSU, East Tennessee State University campus, for three days. Uh, Brother Matt Bergal, a campus preacher, come by. We preached out there. Brother Israel Ochoa, a friend of mine, helped in that endeavor as well. Uh, and uh, we was actually on Channel 11 News for a clip. I mean, it, we, it turned that university upside down. I mean, it turned into something you would read about in the Bible. We had probably 500 kids shut classes down, shut classes down. The preaching of the gospel, it stirred that place up. So that was pretty. In fact, it stirred it up so much. We had students come protest in the parking lot of our church one Sunday morning. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and maybe some of that was more zeal than knowledge. But, I mean, when you're <laughs> confronting Jen, you know, I mean, these kids living licentious lifestyles. So yeah. we, we was on the front of the Johnson City Press. I've got all the newspapers from that. It, I mean, it was remarkable. But uh, but we started the church there. It was there for five years. And then we've been here this coming October, 13 years. And the church I pastor is New Life Holiness Church. It's located at 109 Hallmark Avenue in Lake Placid, Florida. And my wife, uh, her father actually pioneered this work. We got a beautiful church, beautiful grounds. Uh, he built all of it by faith, never borrowed no money, just by faith. 
uh, you know, over a million dollars worth of properties here that was built by faith. And uh, so we thank God for that. And we uh, we do need to be more involved with some more activities going on. We had the Christian school. Uh, we do try to invest in our young people, but uh, we we need we need to be doing more, brother Chad. I'm getting myself under under conviction here. We need to be doing more ourselves. Uh, but for the church here, uh, you know, we do host the annual faith conference that we started uh, this this coming fall will be eight years ago. And so we have a faith conference and it's absolutely dynamic. Last year, we had it in Virginia at my brother's church there, Deliverance Tabernacle uh, in Patterson and had great crowds every night, praying for the sick, teaching the word of God in regards to healing and healing always being God's, God's will. Uh, God's will is always to heal. He's provided it. And uh, does that mean everybody's healed? No. And neither does everybody believe on the Lord for salvation either, but it's God's will. And we teach that. Yeah. And uh, we're in Virginia. And uh, this year we'll be having it back here again for the eighth annual. So this church has been very instrumental in things uh, pertaining to that, the faith conference and other avenues. But yeah, uh, 13 years will be how long we've been here uh, this coming uh, this coming October. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Brother Travis, got a couple of three more questions I, I'm, I'd like to ask and fairly simple questions. I, I'm curious if you have a, a favorite hymn that you that's dear to your heart, if you have a favorite scripture that's dear to your heart uh, and or do you have a favorite book other than the Bible that is dear to your heart? Yeah, that's great. Boy, that's great uh, questions there. Uh, regarding the uh, the hymn, I've got several, so I, maybe I'll move on to what, you know, my favorite, probably my favorite Bible verse. Uh, well, there's going to be several of them, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> but probably. These seem like simple questions, but they're not. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, let me just, I'll, I'll give you this one. Uh, uh, Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And then also uh, Mark chapter 11, which I think is a foundational verse. Uh, you know, folks, uh, I'll say this to your listening audience. I'll say it to you, Brother Chad, Brother Mark. The gospel is really so simple. We have to have somebody help us mess it up. And uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then Mark chapter uh, eleven, verse twenty-two. Jesus said, "Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you." What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Mark 11, 22 through 24. And regarding to an extra biblical book, a, a book outside of the Bible, it's really vital that people stay focused in the Bible because that's where faith comes from. Romans 10 tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that'd be another one of my verses there that I would throw in there. But uh, probably 
I'm going to, you know, I've, I've read several books by authors that people really enjoy, but probably in all reality, F.F. Bosworth's book, um, Christ the Healer. And I would encourage anybody who doesn't have that, hasn't read that to get that F.F. Bosworth, Christ the Healer. And I'll say this, Brother uh, Mark, I'm glad you brought it up. It seems like in my estimation, in our circles of ministry, a lot of our preachers are reading a lot of Calvinistic authors and it's getting into their preaching. You know, it's getting into the simplicity of the gospel that salvation is for all, healing is for all. But when you start reading those Calvinist authors and uh, it's going to mess you up after a while, it's going to start coming and getting into you. And so I would encourage them to return back to Pentecostal authors, uh, just good foundational authors that they can glean from. Absolutely. Well, Brother Travis, it's been a pleasure to have you on for those last couple of weeks. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week, same time, same station. Well, we're going to be defining the dash and making it count. God bless you. When I win this war.